everyone, it's Dr. Tamara Beckford with Your Caring Docs, where we bring you health and wellness information so that you can take care of you and put yourself as a priority, right? Because we need to do that, especially as ladies. Hey, hey. But we also have a special segment, Your Caring Docs, Docs Who Cares, where we bring doctors from all over the world. Right here, they drop gems on health and wellness information. And the best part is they're going to leave their info right here for you. So you will know if you want to be a patient of theirs or a client of theirs. Boom, you can just jump on our website and you can find them. Now, today, I am bringing in one of my sister doctors, kind of like my neighbor. She's down the street from me. Yes, this is Dr. Sina, Tina Siddiqui. But before I bring her on, I got to bring her on in true fashion, your caring doc style, right? Boom, here we go. So Dr. Siddiqui, Siddiqui pardon me, she went to Texas Tech in Lubbock, Texas. That's where she went to medical school, right? Then she went to and graduated from there, did residency at Scott and White in Temple, Texas. Now for all of y'all who are like, Scott and White, right now it's called Baylor Scott and White, but don't try to age us, okay? We don't want any of that. It's now called Baylor Scott and White, but back then it was Scott and White. Now, as with all of our docs here on Your Caring Docs, all of our docs, they go the extra mile to take care of their patient. So she didn't stop there. She went and she got trained in obesity medicine. Why? Because she has a passion for helping the pediatric population to battle obesity. So welcome, welcome, welcome here. Our pediatrician here in Northwest Houston, Cypress area, Dr. T. Nessa Welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you? Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you for coming on. Right now, we are going to jump into this. You have a passion for helping the pediatric patients battle obesity. Tell me, where did this passion come from? So, um, first of all, like, I can totally relate to a child that comes in when they are battling and struggling with weight issues. So growing up, I battled with weight issues. Um, I'm the youngest of eight kids. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and all of my siblings were super skinny. And I got the, I got the gene that if I, you know, if I eat a little bit, then I'm going to gain weight. And that was just my luck of the straw, you know, the one out of eight that would get it in our family. So um, I always, you know, um, sided with the patients when they came in and, you know, uh, we all, with pediatrics, we always look at their growth curves and their charts. And so um, we have to look over the weight. And so every time I'll look, I'm like, oh, the body mass is a little bit, you know, high or is that above 95%. You can always see that the child is very distressed by it. A lot of times I don't want to talk about it. And, you know, um, the disheartening thing is a lot of times the parents will blame the child for the obesity. Um. Yes, yeah. and so that's kind of like a special twist on pediatrics is that it's family counseling. It's not really, you know, a one person because the child does not really, you know, dictate what comes to the home or what they eat for the most part. Mm. Um, and so for, as a baseline, I've always had interest in that and always just curious about, oh, what, what, what can we do to be like 1% better tomorrow as far as like our food habits and lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, for the most part, I would say that, you know, we do make like micro changes, um, in, in, in these lives when it comes to like taking the time, um, to discuss these things. So a lot of times we assume that they know, um, things like soda is bad for you or, <laughs> or, you know, you shouldn't eat, you know, nuggets on a daily basis, but, um, or things like juice 
you know, milk. I mean, this, these are like common things that, I mean, even I grew up on that, right? right. Um, we're just, we're just like out there to educate. And that's what we do in pediatrics. We're just all about prevention. And so I've always had this baseline um, interest in it. But I think most strikingly and most recently why I went into doing more as far as like, hey, I want to become um, more knowledgeable in the field of, you know, obesity medicine and pediatrics and the mm-hmm. pediatric population obesity is because the pandemic hit hard you know? absolutely I know if it hit the adults hard you can imagine how it is for the kids because coping along the spectrum right if there's more junk food in the house if kids had to be home everyone is absolutely. afraid to go outside right Absolutely. And it's, it, it was like alarming because we were seeing kids back for, I mean, some of the kids we didn't even see for like a year or even two years, like when the pandemic started and then they're just finally coming back in now because now they're mm-hmm. going back to school and they need their vaccines updated and whatnot. And so, um, I mean, we, like stark, stark, like we're not just talking about like, okay, five pounds or something. We're talking about like 30 pounds. I mean, um, it, it, it's amazing. Um, so, uh, so that made me more interested to, to be like, okay, how can I help them further? Because, um, you know, me doing my little micro talks and stuff like this, that's not, that's not helping, you know? And then the little time frame that we have together, like during their checkup, like the 20 minutes of checkup, like there's only so much that you can, you can talk about. And then, you know, um, so basically that's where I went into like, okay, oh, I need to know more and how can I help these, these patients, you know? Wonderful, wonderful. Well, you know, one of the um, things that you talked about earlier, too, is that when you bring the child in and you're dealing with a discussion of obesity, that sometimes the parents end up blaming the child. And I think that leads us to really think about like, there's this really big misconception out there about um, pediatric obesity and like, you know, there's big stigma out there. So give us an, an idea, um, you know, what is this misconception that you've noticed out there? Even, I think it also probably goes beyond just family. It probably even goes towards providers too, right? That you've noticed. So what are the misconceptions you're noticing with pediatric obesity? So definitely there's, in general, just obesity in general, there's huge stigma, huge bias, whether you're an adult or a child. I think um, when we see somebody who, uh, you know, suffers uh, from obesity, we think that, you know, that they put it on themselves and this is their problem and and they know how to get rid of this and, um, you know, they did it to themselves. And um, instead of seeing, like, we would never do that if somebody had, like, cancer or you know, I mean, you wouldn't be like, well, you did it to yourself, you know? And so um, th- whenever we have this type of approach to a person, and even from a healthcare perspective, from like a physician perspective, we're like, oh, you did it to yourself. We're not going to be that aggressive to be like, how are we going to help? And what are, like, getting a, even like a really good history, right? Like, right. Um, somebody's <clears throat> coming in for, you know, I'm having tummy aches, and you see that they're obese, and you're like, oh, it's because you eat too much. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like, oh, did you have an extra or something that's really disheartening to the child and even to the person, to the patient overall. And I'm pretty sure at that point, the patient is probably going to clamp down and not want to provide additional Exactly, impact. because they're just so used to being, you know, like blame that. Um, even, so, I mean, so we have the history portion of it, I and mean, just from a healthcare perspective, right? Like the mm-hmm. history portion, 
then you have like a physical exam. Like it's so difficult to even get a good exam um, mm-hmm. on, you know, uh, obese and uh, obese patients, right? Patients who suffer from obesity. So you can listen to good heart sounds. We don't even have the medical equipment. Sometimes we don't have the proper weight scale and, you know, blood pressure cuff. So it's like one thing after another where, you know, these patients feel like they're being over, like victimized over and over because we don't even have the proper things in the in the clinic to, to help mm-hmm. them. So that's, that's, you know, like healthcare perspective. You know, I can talk about that forever because, <laughs> you know, like- <laughs> That's another all, passion I, too. I suffer the same because I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to make sure that I have like open benches and we need to make this comfortable for somebody who's, um, who, not, who will not be able to fit into what we think is a standard size, correct? Um, and then, um, and then we have, of course, our, you know, just general social population where everybody sees, um, this person not even thinking that this person might've just been like predisposed and it's not, not necessarily like we always think, oh, this is because they eat too much. And really that is not what it is. Mm -hmm. Obesity is not the, you know, caused from eating too much calories, but it's having the disease of obesity that causes, you know, the, um, the, maintenance and the holding on to adipose tissue so it is really it is a really complex um mm-hmm. you know disease and i think until like we understand like the whole complexity of it because we're like oh you know obesity is not like rocket science right like it just eat less and you're like oh no it's not rocket science it's way more complex than it's more complicated than rocket science you know there's so many systems involved you have like you know homeopathic systems you have genetic systems you have the hedonic pleasure system you mm-hmm. have so many things that go into like why this one individual is is the way they are that they're triggers right and then some people you know in, in uh, pediatrics especially you know we never want to miss the you know the monogenetic ones right like they the first year of their life they're just having rapid weight gain you know they may have some kind of pathway problems mm-hmm. um you know uh we have epigenetic like um time frames in in developmental in our developmental milestones right so even just like starting in utero, right? Like what our moms ate, right? Mm-hmm. This is feeding to us when we're coming out. Like if you're coming out, you know, vaginally versus C-section, you also have a different, you know, biomes, you know, uh, that you're exposed to right off the bat coming out, whether you're breastfed, you're bottle fed, you know, what are your first foods that you took? How early were, you know, were you introduced to these foods? It, it, it's just so complex, you know? Very um, multifactorial. So like, so complex, you know? Um, and I think, like the, like, the more we learn about this, the more it's just like, oh, my gosh, we need to know more. This is fascinating to me, even already, because as interviewing a lot of my physician colleagues you know this has been such an honor to be on this side to learn from you all and each one although we'll talk about the same topic each physician is bringing additional information that they've learned on that topic and I I think my listeners I don't know you guys are getting a treat here because I mean, we're talking about like all the multifactorial approach and causes, I should say, for pediatric or obesity overall. You know, we're talking about even just from in utero, which is basically from the time you're in the womb, you know? So it's not just a matter of, oh, eat less. You know, there is more to it than the eat less, exercise more, 
policy that we see that um, is brought out in society. Wow. This is, this is, this is fascinating. So you're doing this and you started to notice within the pediatric population, even now you're saying, you know, you've had patients who, because of course the pandemic, you know, we're on lockdown. A lot of patients were afraid to go to their primary care doctors or they didn't need to leave to get their physicals because school was online during that time. And then you're seeing almost a 30 pound weight gain. Like Some of these are coming in. And I think, um, let me say, I mean, it was a pretty recent article, like a few weeks ago, like JAMA came out um, with an article talking about like, you know, the pediatric obesity uh, during the pandemic. And they did like, um, I think it was like South, Cal South California. I don't know if you saw that article, but um, they did like a, like a, you know, retrospective like review of BMIs from like 2019 to 2020. And then again, mm -hmm. from 2020 to 2021. Mm -hmm. And they saw that during that, that five to 10 year age range, they had like about a five pound uh, weight gain, which I was like, oh, really? That's so pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm there. I was like, that's not too bad. I was like, I'm like pretty happy with that. But they were seeing that it, for them, Mm -hmm. For somebody who weighs like forty pounds or something, a five pound weight gain is like a twelve percent increase in their in their in their uh, BMI. So, um, and then looking into that, if you look at because um, there's so much research that goes into all these things, right? Like if you look at what is the consumer data, right? Like what is everybody buying? And you alluded to this, you know, the mm -hmm. amount of junk food during uh, the pandemic like soared. That's probably one of the biggest. Um, things that people are buying right now. Yeah, um, comfort the food, the carbs. The comfort, the carbs, the way that we deal with stress, we mm -hmm. also, our, our kids learn that. Like when we have children that are coming to the clinic and they're they're like, oh, my kid is so anxious, anxious and stuff. And you look at the parents and your parents, the parents are like anxious. anxious or, too. you know, it's a, learned, it's a learned behavior and so is food, you know, food. They learn how to eat food from a young age. They're eating off their parents' plate. You know, I remember my kids being little. I'm like, hey, guys, like, stop eating off my plate. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. When, is, when have you been able to eat your own food? Even if even if it's the exact same meal. <laughs> You're like, I don't get it. I know. So it, it's definitely a learned behavior. So they, you know, they're, they're lying with comfort food eating and the parents are buying it. Um, and then also, of course, we have decreased activities of daily living, you know, and I think we don't really appreciate how much that goes into our basic metabolic rate, right? Like, True. Just the fact that they're sitting at home all day, if, especially our virtual learners from last year, right? They're mm -hmm. just sitting down for eight hours, and that's a huge decrease in their basal metabolic rate by sitting for so long. Mm. Um, you know, so we have that. And then, of course, we have mental fatigue. Parental fatigue, parental fatigue, parental fatigue. And I feel it myself. Like, yeah. you know, um, like I'm on drive and I'm going home and I'm like, you know, the kids are calling me and they're like, oh, can we, can you get water burger or something? And, you know, like me, a couple of years ago, like, oh, is that really good? And I'll try to like talk to them, you know, and be like, oh, you know, I, I would have food. I'm just going to put salad on when I come in. But, you know, there, even I feel like, oh, you know what? <laughs> just really quickly, <laughs> let's just go and get it done because. When by the time you you get that done, you come home, eat, get ready. It's time to go to bed because yeah. mommy's tired, daddy's tired. I can't answer any more questions right now. <laughs> I've been answering questions all day. <laughs> yes. 
and you feel sorry for your babies and you're like, Absolutely. oh, they just want a burger and that's okay. Let me just give it to them, you know? And, and, you know, this also I goes back give you to that our, good look. Our, our dopamine responses. So it's, you know, it's just so complex and everything's just interwoven. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a perfect storm. That's how like a twin death, right? You have a pandemic and you have our obesity pandemic that is just soaring right now. So absolutely. And we can see how, you know, the rise in obesity can occur during this stressful time. And I think that's so challenging. And I feel like this will be for all of us and our colleagues and those who um, battle with obesity, battle with being pre-obese, you know, right at that borderline, is that the fact that we, as we're recording this right now, we're in a pandemic, and we thought that we would have been out of it by now, (laughs) you know, and then, but the worst part is that we really do not, which adds to the stress, is that we really don't see where it's ending, and so, those who might have been a little bit stressed and said, you know, I can handle this for six months. The six months has come and gone. So now even if you were able to handle it for the first six months and not get caught up in the anxiety, it's gone. Now you're still anxious because you're like, well, when is this going to end? You know, and then you're, as we say, you know, people battling anxiety and and we all manifested in different ways, you know, you're trying to offset that and you go for your dopamine response, right? And that is pleasurable foods. And a lot of the pleasurable foods, unfortunately, are those quick carbs, written, fast food, processed foods. And uh, you eat it, the child eats it, you still have work, you still have, you still have bills to pay, you still have so much going on. And and you can see how this can lead to the double pandemic that you're saying we have in the one with the COVID coronavirus, and then we're having now the pediatric. And um, both are definitely very important to highlight. But one of the part that we have to think about with the pediatric obesity portion of it is one trying to see how we can reverse that and two we know that it has such detrimental effect on a whole subset of the population in the future yes yes absolutely um and that's i mean and that's the thing is that you know kids are they have way more plasticity and Mm -hmm. so this is like the major thing about um, kids is that, you know, how can we prevent, how can we stop it here so we don't like further go on this cascade of more inflammation, more disruption. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, and so we always, you know, start off with trying to help with like lifestyle management. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, like this, so there's like, you know, the five, two, one, zero rule that's, you know, with kids, it's like, okay, we always try for like five fruits and vegetables, less than two hours of uh, screen time, one hour physical activity, like pure full blown physical activity and zero sugar drinks, you know? So these are like initial things that like we always start off with, um, with permission from the patients. Cause also just like you're alluding to, like, you know, if they're highly anxious and this is like the last thing and they don't care, like you can sit with them and you can go over everything and talk about it, but if they're not ready, it doesn't matter. So it's always with, always with the patient's permission, the family's permission mm-hmm. that, you know, that we move forward and then trying to get a good history and figure out like, okay, what is it? What parts of 
lifestyle are there that we can help out on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some of these kids that also, you know, they're not like, you know, chronic sleep deprivation. This is like huge. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they require a lot of sleep, you know, like, you know, people get, you know, surprised, like, oh, like, you know, you can sleep eight, nine hours, and that's going to be sufficient, you know, um, less than five hours of sleep has been associated with, you know, um, for adults, um, as far as like obesity, they haven't really come up with like numbers yet for, for children, but, you know, they want kids to have like about eight to nine hours of sleep. Um, disruption of circadian rhythm, we know this, as far as like us going through training, and you know this, like when we're on night, when we're on ice, what do we do? We eat all the and we eat and we eat bad stuff. And um, there, I mean, there is truth in that. And they've done research on that. They've seen that it, um, people who work at night, like whether it's, you know, whatever you do, if you're a night worker, in average, your BMI is going to be higher than a day worker. And then, especially if you're trying to have like a social life and work at night, you know, preaching hey, to the <laughs> choir. <laughs> Yes. No, go ahead. Tell it. Tell it like it is because there are others out there. I I am an, a, a nocturnist is our um, preferred or one of the ways that um, the terms used. That means I work at night. And Dr. Sadiqa, she's telling it like it is. Go ahead. Say it again for those in the back. Those who work at night have <laughs> propensity yeah. for higher BMI and go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's not you know you know and the thing is like it's it, it we're meant to be you know sleeping at night awake in the day you mm-hmm. know that is how we're supposed to be so when we have disruption in our like biologic but we are we are wired to be this way the body's going to do something to reset you know um, and 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 you know that. <laughs> You know, you already know. <laughs> girl, girl, yeah, I know. But then I just want my listeners to. <laughs> and for our, for our kids who have disruption of circadian rhythm, this is, you know, of course, the screen. And oh, yeah. uh, this, this is a drive. Taking them on vacation? Ooh. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Yeah. They're, um, so, so we, you know, so you, we have we have that. We have, um, you know, uh, stressors, right? So any like acute stress is always good, but like chronic stressors then lead to inflammation and all that cascade that happens with it, with cortisol and IL-6 and mm-hmm. um, all those different types of hormones that, that come with it. So these are all like lifestyle changes and things that we try to find from the history, like where do we have um, opportunities? Also, there are any type of medications that could possibly be, you know, something that is causing uh, increased weight gain then uh, speaking to whoever's managing that medication to see, is there any way that we can change it to something that doesn't cause like an increased weight gain, you know, with our psychotropic drugs, kids who are on like, you know, um, different types of, you know, hormones and these types of things. So, um, so getting like a good history really helps with, um, you know, trying to get some kind of lifestyle changes in there. Um, And then the exciting thing with, with all of this obesity stuff is that, you know, there's medications now, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, I think o- obesity medications are always frowned upon. They're like, Oh no, you know, because, uh, you know, we all, whenever people think about it, they think about like Fenfen and all, yeah. <laughs> That's so true. all the diet drugs and all these things like that. Um, so it's like, we've come a long way, like a mm-hmm. long way. And, um, and of course my lifestyle, you know, 
therapies don't help, then, you know, medications, and just like you would treat. And this also circles back to the whole stigma of obesity is mm-hmm. something that you can control and change your diet and exercise more instead of like, you know, we've tried all that and we're doing all that. And is there anything else I can do to help? It's just like, you know, you initially somebody has high blood pressure. Okay, let's try DASH diet. Let's try this. Right. And like we take a period of time frame, reassess. If we're not, then mm-hmm. you have some medications, you know? So it's kind of an exciting time where um, they're getting more FDA approvals for different types of meds and that have significant weight loss. Like we're kind of like bridging the gap between the amount of weight loss that you can have from like bariatric surgery with mm-hmm. medications. The medications can now can get pretty close to the percentile of, you know, weight loss that bariatric surgery can have. So it's wow. really, really, yeah. So wow, right this, is all, this is fascinating, fascinating. So medications are now and on the horizon and there's some that are out now that can help with weight loss equivalent to that pretty close pretty mm-hmm. close i should i shouldn't say equivalent pretty close getting close to those effects of bariatric surgery that that's wonderful news now i mean you're here and i know that you have this very big passion out there for um helping pediatric patients. And by the way, she's a fitness instructor, if you guys don't know. I mean, I forgot to mention it, but this is our fitness guru who has been doing this for many years. We're not going to say how many years because when we started talking off camera, we started to realize, wait, if we start dropping these numbers, people are going to think we're old. We're not old, okay? But, she, but Dr. Tina Sadiqwa has been, she's a fitness instructor um, at our local gym and she's been teaching fitness classes for many, many years. Many years means that it's more than two. So she didn't just get her fitness instructor last week and then now I'm putting it out there, right? She's been doing this a lot. And, you know, this is one of her passion also. But now that I told you guys about that part, let's find out what does Dr. Sadiqa do for fun? Go ahead, drop it on. So what I what I like to do for fun is actually it's actually fitness related and that is this is fun for me. So um, I love to just come up with like creative movements. Um, I like do multiple certifications. Like I'm certified in like a gazillion things. So I was on like <laughs> go ahead, drop, drop all the certifications. <laughs> I want to hear it. <laughs> I started off like way in the day where I was like, uh, I just uh, high low aerobics, step aerobics, and then I went to kickboxing. I even taught like fitness belly dance, uh, Zumba certified, pop Pilates, bar, you name it. My, one of my newer ones that I'm working on is like a kettlebell knockout, which is like, com- like a combination of um, uh, kickboxing with kettlebell. So, wait a minute. Uh, yeah. <laughs> kettlebell wow okay I yes I must see that is that's an overall workout because that's strength training along with cardio yeah it's a high intensity interval training yeah so it's all this is what I love to do so whenever I have time this is what I do is I will get out uh, like different things and I'll look at like oh what is new out there and then I'm like okay I want to learn that and then, like, of course, because I still, you know, I have virtual classes that I teach um, uh, through, I don't even know if we're able to say the names of the places that we work at, but um, that I teach through there. And so I was bringing, like, new choreo every week. And so, um, yeah, like, I do find things I'll get, like, you know, even the, like, little small balls, you know, like, how can we, 
you know, terrorize everybody today with a small ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. And and by the way, guys, all of this she's doing and she is still working in her practice. I forgot to mention the name of your practice. So with that, let us know where can we find you? What's the name of your practice here in Northwest um, Houston slash Cypress area? Go ahead. So our clinic's name is NW Cypress Pediatrics and Family Medicine. We're on 1960 between Jones and Sepultop. And um, we have another pediatrician and family medicine. The family medicine doctor is also my husband. So, <laughs> so uh, we, husband, guys. www.nwcypressmd, like medicaldoctor.com. And then, um, and of course, you can find me on um, Instagram. It's just uh, fitdoctorsidika, F-I-T-D-O-C-T-O-R dot S-I-D-D-I-Q-U-A. And then um, also, um, if you want to see like the crazy me, sometimes I'll do some TikToks. That's just Dr. Sidika on TikTok. And then uh, just recently started youtube channel so venturing into something new and that's also dr sadika on that so um just just having fun we're just trying to put out like you know some knowledge out there and the whole point behind the youtube is really to make an extra connection with our patients mm-hmm. um so these are all just like new things that uh, i'm experimenting and seeing what what my patients like <laughs> absolutely absolutely wow so i think it's safe to say that you're one of our busy docs too who busy women out there doing a lot and providing great info taking great care of their patients and obviously one of our doc who cares so she's fitness she is trained in pediatric obesity she's out there helping coming up with great exercises how to torture you with that two pound ball. <laughs> Let's see. Wow, wow, wow. And like Dr. Sadiqa said, you can find her on Instagram, right? At the what's your Instagram handle again? It's fit Dr. Sadiqa. F-I-T-D-O-C-T-O-R dot S-I-D-E-I-Q-U-A. So fit Dr. Sadiqa. And you can also find her on YouTube where she does have her YouTube channel. And you'll also be able to find her. Are you also on Facebook, Dr. Sadiqa? Yes. My Facebook name is just Tina Sadiqa. But our clinic also has a Facebook. It's NW Cypress Pediatrics and Family Medicine. So NW Cypress, Northwest Cypress. Don't get it wrong. NW Cypress. Yes, pediatrics. So go ahead. You can find her on all of those handles, and you'll also be able to find Dr. Sidiqua on our Year Care Docs page. Yes, I'm looking forward to putting this one up because she, like I said, she's my neighbor. She's down the street. So we're going to try to get together, and we'll definitely try to bring some more great info towards you all dropping gems everywhere we go. So this is Dr. Tamara Beck with Your Caring Docs. You'll find this on our Your Caring Docs page. That's www.urcaringdocs. And you'll find this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast on Apple and Spotify. We're about sprouting. Yes. And we're also on Anchor FM. You will also find the video on our Your Caring Docs YouTube channel. That's Your Caring Docs, U-R-C-A-R-I-N-G-D-O-C-S. We are here and we're very thankful. Please leave Dr. Sadiqua a high five ratings on our 
Anchor or anywhere that you do listen to this podcast and leave a great comment. Let her know how much because I love this episode, but let her know how much you appreciate it too. Let us know what you learned. Alrighty. Dr. Tamara Beckford, New York Care and Docs. We'll see you guys next time. Take care. Bye.